0: Welcome to the Whispers of the Soul podcast, hosted by Sally Admala and Sibby Spencer. Every week we dive into spiritually rich topics to create conscious conversations to help you, the listener, deepen into your own soul wisdom and practice. The space we create through our discussions invites you into your own inner world we explore ours and our guest speakers. We come together to share stories, creativity, wisdom, insights and laughter. If you feel it's time to become more curious about your own uniquely creative expressive self that makes you, well, you, then you are in good Well hello everybody welcome to episode 12 of Whispers of the Soul. (laughs) I'm Sally and I'm Siby Um, and today we are joined by a very special guest Sarah Atkins. So Sarah is an energetic alignment coach and quantum human design specialist. We like that. That sounds, sounds awesome. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay,
0: I hope I live up to the expectations. Hey? <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for inviting me. Oh, no, we're we're excited to get into this. So I know for people that are listening, I think that we'll we'll definitely have some listeners that know um, a little bit about human design and some that may have even dabbled and tried to work out you know their own sort of reading on that but for people that are novices could you just explain a little bit about it and maybe how you've discovered it or how it kind of piqued your interest? So human design actually found me um,
1: uh, back in 2020 in that wonderful year that we had (laughs) of kind of just being completely locked down and with too much time on our hands Um, and it was actually I um, I kind of didn't really resonate with it for, uh, to start off with. So it's quite interesting. It sort of worked its way in. So for anybody yeah. that is listening, that is sceptic, I was where you are. Um, and I have to say, I do love working with a sceptic. Now, <laughs> human design for me um, kind of bridges that gap between the ever so slightly woo esoteric astrology um, aspects with a bit of science um, so for the practical person like me who likes sort of evidence-based things um, it, it kind of really appeals to me so the best way I could describe it is it's a bit like an MBTI psychometric test but on steroids and the, <laughs> thing, the beauty yeah. of it is that you can't manipulate it because it is based on your birth data so it pulls together a lot of these kind of ancient wisdoms like astrology I already mentioned we've got the Chinese I Ching the Kabbalah system the Hindu chakra system and then it kind of mashes it up with a bit of quantum physics a bit of human biology and epigenetics and it kind of gives you an energetic blueprint of who you were designed to be um what we know about psychometric tests is actually your results can vary depending on the day that you fill it out. So this doesn't change. This just literally gives a snapshot of who you were designed to be, your potential. Mm-hmm. Um comes with a caveat though, like you are not your chart. It's the same with anything. We all have life experiences, different choices get presented. Um, we have different scenarios that we kind of grow up in, cultures that we grow up in. Um, so it it's very much kind of gives you your choices and you can choose to kind of work with or
2: work against it's entirely up to you
0: mm.
2: it sounds like you need um to get the most of it you would need somebody like you to um almost translate a chart is that right I mean I think you can get a very basic idea can't you from
0: uh, yeah.
2: doing a little a little test but it sounds like to get the most of it you'd need somebody who really knows how to navigate it is that right
1: yeah I mean so anybody can download their chart for free you just sign up to whatever software I have a link myself so I can pop this in the show notes for you mm-hmm. um and what I do because I know I remember the first time I downloaded my chart and I was like what the heck does any of this mean I
0: don't <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, it's like another language Mm, (laughs) and there are so many because of all of those different methodologies that kind of come in it all kind of it's mind-blowing amounts of information um Mm. so what I have done for anybody that signs up to download their free chart through my link is I could send you a little guide to kind of give you the basics to get you going and I've tried to translate it so there are lots of human design guides out there the original traditional human design language is quite archaic in the way that it comes across. It can be quite difficult to read and understand. So basically, I've kind of translated it into how I understand. Mm. Um, I have a teaching background, so I am quite good at that. And um, equally, that's in my human design. I'm really good at, uh, funnily enough, delivering information in a way that makes it understanding and engaging and relatable so
0: that's important isn't it because like you okay. say if it's too if it's not relatable then people just switch off and mm. then yeah it kind of loses its um gift really to the yeah. individual to then delve in a little bit deeper to mm-hmm. understand you know to use it in a way that helps yeah. helps you understand maybe aspects of yourself or Absolutely. So I know with the so the different types so I know I know there's a generator, is, that's yes. me apparently, <laughs> and a manifesting generator, which is me. Yeah. <laughs> and my friend is a, I want to say projector. Yes, my
2: husband, we found out, is a projector.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We found yeah. that out last night. So. And there's
0: something to do with a refle- reflection or reflector. A
1: reflector, yes. The yes. Reflector. So a, and the only one you've missed out is the manifestor.
2: I've got a son who's a manifester so i have I've I've, I've, oh, been, on I've got its a, own. I've got a a manifester a manifesting generator those are my kids and then a projector husband and I'm a generator so we've got how interesting, quite a interesting. poor husband must be <laughs> <laughs> Well, when I was reading oh my about God. my youngest being a manifester. I was like, "Oh
0: yeah. Did it make sense?" <laughs> yes, It really did. So in terms of all of those, is would you say the generator is the most common, Sarah?
1: Yes. So quite often generators and gens, manifesting generators kind of get lumped together. So they, they oh, right. kind of come under the whole generator type and they make up about 70 percent of the world's population,
0: right.
1: which does make sense when you think about the kind of purpose of what generators are here to do. We're here to make, do, build. We have a defined sacral centre. I say we because I am a generator too. Um, and we have a defined sacral center, which kind of is, if you know a bit anything about chakras, your sacral chakras, creative energy. We're here to kind of make, do, build, channel that creative energy. But it also acts like it is a generating thing. So when we are creating from a place of love, something that we love to do, something that we find really fulfilling, it is like having a Duracell. Battery, like it just kind of self perpetuates and kind of keeps you fueled. There are downsides to it, though, because this is where your strategy comes into play. And just because we have all of that energy doesn't mean we have to do all of the things all of the time. Because when you're committing to the wrong things, it's really hard. We find it really hard not to follow through, it will feel really uncomfortable for us. So we will. Just give all of that energy and we will run ourselves down.
0: Um, mm.
1: But you've got to have that joy and fulfillment in there somewhere.
2: That's I mean, when I was reading about um very basic sort of generator um traits, uh I really, really found that um that resonant with me because it was about you know being being having you need to be lit up by what you're doing. Um, and I've spent a lot a lot of time in my life where I've not been lit up and mm. um, I can I can feel now that, that the more and more things are coming into my life that are lighting me up but also that that thing of sort of not doing all of the things yeah. <laughs> because I've 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 had so many little tendrils of I'm doing I'll, I'll do this I'll do that I'll do this you know which is amazing because it's freedom isn't it but it's that not being able to follow through because you physically can't Mm. physically or emotionally or mentally can't actually do all of those things yeah and that's tricky isn't it if you're in your generating energy I suppose because you just want to make and do all of the things don't you
1: (laughs) as well but the beauty of being a generator any kind of generator type is when you are and this is it's funny because you've already said it yourself the more of the things that you do that really light you up that like where you're really kind of joyful that's magnetic that attracts more of the same thing so it will attract more of those opportunities this is where you almost need to exercise a bit more discernment and go actually okay do I really want to do that Mm. and that kind of leads us on to your decision-making authority and everybody has a different decision-making authority there are seven in total interestingly none of them is with our head um so most generators will have either a sacral or an emotional authority um if you are an emotional authority you take a little bit longer to make your decisions because we have that internal emotional wave so for example um have you ever committed to something in the moment because it sounds really exciting and you're in a really good mood and then the next day you're on a dip
2: and you think oh, oh I wish completely I yeah, yeah,
0: and it's that. Ooh, I get it in my gut. Like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> that's not right. Do you? Mm. Is that how you feel? Um, I don't know. I, I I'm just looking at because mine when I worked out mine manifesting generator, mine came up emotional solar plexus. Yes, not mine. the sacral. Mine's the. I think mine's the sacral. Whereas um, wow. Am- Amber, my daughter, she's generator and hers is sacral. And then Lewis is generator, but his comes up emotional solar plexus as well. So it's I guess different. there's a difference, difference in what you experience with those.
1: There is, yeah. So the emotional wave <clears throat> comes in like peaks and troughs. It will depend on the channel that you've got um, defined out of your solar plexus. Obviously, yeah. without seeing your chart, I can't tell you what that is. But there are different shapes of your emotional wave. So for me, mine's not that extreme. Mine's kind of a slow kind of burn. But still, I will have days where I feel like really good. And then other days, I might just feel a bit melancholy. Yeah, there's no reason for it. Mm. No logical reason for it. It's just kind of like, oh, I'm having a bit of a down day. Okay, what do I need? Sometimes I might just need to be a bit slower. Sometimes I might just need to exit from people and just be a bit (laughs) alone. But when we're making our decisions, if you have that emotional authority, you need to find that clarity. So, if there's a decision you've got to make, the best way to figure out what's right for you is ask yourself the same question every day over the course of like seven days Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: see if you still get that same answer.
0: Mm. That's a really good idea. Yeah, it is. Because, like you say, if it's fluctuating or if you are, making more impulsive decisions because it's an emotional response and it kind of gives you a way to measure yeah. how, how workable or real is that actually, mm. you know, particularly in, in work. Cause I know with me, I'm, I'm very creative minded anyway. So I'll come up with a gazillion ideas, but then I don't really, I don't always have the energy to follow through. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> like if somebody said, "Oh, can I? Can you help me with ideas with my business?" I'd be fine, or yeah. you know, designing things, I'm fine. And all, but then I kind of I lose that. There's no, the energy is just not there always to follow through. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. yeah, I feel a bit burnt out at times.
1: And I've definitely been there. I mean, I worked in the fashion industry for nearly twenty years. And I was really excited. That's kind of what I worked towards. And then sort of three years in, I was like, I'm not really kind of enjoying this anymore. And then I almost felt bad because actually my my actual job was probably somebody else's plan A, but it was like it, it was no longer mine. And I could never understand. You end up kind of mentally beating yourself up. It's like I've got a good salary. I've got a great job. To everybody else, I should have like an amazing life. And I just felt so unsatisfied. I couldn't explain it. Mm. Now I can,
2: but I stayed in it probably for far too long. Mm. It's 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 difficult, isn't it? And I think in that sense as well, you've got the, or what you perceive as the ideas of people around you as well, haven't you? Yeah. <clears throat> and the shoulds. We talk about the shoulds, don't we, quite yeah. a lot. Like, the, I should be fulfilled or I should be and then I think sometimes you have input from people around you who yes. also say oh you should be <laughs> enjoying this um, yes. <laughs> you should be enjoying this and and you can't it especially if it's been your dream to do something yeah but I'm, I'm it sounds as though human design and that that journey but a discovery really has sort of given you has made you realize maybe why that wasn't
1: yeah, I mean, not only have you got the energy types and um, all of your authorities that different combinations, you've got your energy centers. So you will see if you've got your chart in front of you, there are nine energy centers, and if they are colored in, it just means that they're defined. So when an energy center is defined, it means that you have a consistency in how you express that energy so say for example um i have a defined g center which is the yellow square or yellow diamond in the center and that the theme of the energetic theme of that is self-identity and my sense of direction and it's funny because i haven't always felt it but i've got a really strong sense of who i am like i know who i am And I know where I'm headed doesn't mean I don't always know that Um, when I was younger, I definitely felt a bit lost at times, but equally, I know that that's something that I can rely on. And no matter how I have felt, everybody always says that I come across as being really confident Mm. and that is a consistency that I give off and I'm unaware of it. I, I mean, I'm aware of it now because obviously I've kind of explored it myself I could never understand like for a long time, probably about 10 years ago, um, everybody kept telling me, oh, you're so confident. You're so, you know, this and on inside I'm like dying and I'm like, I don't understand. I feel really uncomfortable. I have no idea what, why you think this. Um, but I give off this impression that I always know what I'm doing and that's just what people feel from me. But now I've almost like kind of made peace with that. And it's something that I know that I can rely on. So even when I feel really nervous, or if I'm presenting or doing something that is a bit out of my comfort zone, I now know that I can kind of centre myself and kind of go, do you know what? This is what I can rely on. I know what I'm here for. And I just kind of almost do like a check-in. And the more I do that, the more I can amplify where I'm consistent. Yeah. so when you have a white centre, that's where we have, we're more prone to listening and taking in other people's ideas and conditioning. Right. And that's where we're more vulnerable.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even, even just delving in, you know, and understanding that would be hugely beneficial Yeah, because, you know, I think self-awareness is such a big aspect of living a happy and healthy life because, you know, we like, we do get so many things thrown at us from yeah. all directions. And sometimes it's it's difficult to untangle the you from everything else that's around mm. you. Yeah. And it's just interesting to kind of have that knowledge, really, just to see, mm. okay, where do I fit in all of this and what do I need to be more aware of? Yeah. Because I think um, we, we have a lot of empaths that, that you know, work, work with me, either with the healing or in the group, also that listen to the podcast. And I know that some of the top challenges for empaths is the fact that they are so energy sensitive they are bringing in a lot of things yeah it's not necessarily their own but then they get a bit tangled in it you know and mm. so it might be interesting that might be another way of kind of delving in and to understand that yeah that process
1: and just to kind of pick up on what you said it's interesting that you attract a lot of empaths because you said you've got an emotional authority so you have a consistent emotional wave you are consistent in your emotional intelligence and your emotional awareness, whereas those empaths are undefined in their emotional centre. So they're looking, they're drawn to you to kind of gain your wisdom in that Mm. and see how you kind of manage that energy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? To think about it that way. And I could really relate with what you were saying about the confidence, because I've had the same thing say to me. You know, I remember when I first finished... um, my degree and it was the first workshop and I was doing it just here in the village at the bridge center I was so nervous I wanted to drink a bottle of wine (laughs) (laughs) and I went in and I did it and there was only about seven people eight people there wasn't a lot of people there and I remember afterwards thinking oh that that was all right and then each one I did because it was a six week course yeah um, each one I did I got a little bit better but the feedback at the end they were like oh you yeah you were so confident and and it was such a shock to me, but I've had yeah. that all mm-hmm. the time. People just, yeah, like but even yeah. listening to the podcast, couple of my friends say, "Oh, you sound really confident on the podcast." Yeah, you do. <laughs> like, like you wouldn't expect you
2: you wouldn't pick up if you were nervous about something. Yeah, it wouldn't be visible. It wouldn't be.
0: Yeah, you know, which is why I think I really related to what Sarah mm-hmm. was saying about you diving into your own chart and discovering that. Yeah. That you were explaining that it was kind of you know that solid area the diamond did you say it is yeah yeah do you know
2: what I, it's making me think Sarah because I think because obviously we've known each other on and off haven't we for a while um and am I right in thinking that it helped you with your to to find out what your children were yes and and it helped the relationships because I'm really interested in that
1: absolutely massively so when I started delving into this um for a bit of context Uh, I my I love my boys I have three boys they're all completely different as we know kids can be but I had been exploring a few things because they all have um funny little quirks about them and I know somebody knows this (laughs) (laughs) But some emotional things and sometimes like it had been suggested possibly my eldest might be ADHD and it's like I've said it, I've got a teaching background so and I was like I know he doesn't have ADHD I've worked with children with ADHD and he he is not that person. Um, So I started I, I was looking at all sorts of things I read about highly sensitive child I read like, ev- like everything I could possibly consume and then the human design thing came in. Now my eldest son is not naughty but he's he can be quite intense that's the best way I can describe it mm. and then birthday parties were always a bit of a challenge like he would I swear to god like he doesn't eat sweets or chocolate but if you saw him and didn't know him you'd think that he was high as a kite on e-numbers or you know whatever and I not know e-numbers aren't really a thing anymore but you'd think he was all pepped up on sugar and he, he wasn't so quite often when he he was much younger. I you used to have to take him out halfway through the party just to almost kind of, not a naughty timeout, but just to give him time to just mm. bring the energy down. Mm. But when I saw his chart, I was mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> so he is a generator type. So he's high energy anyway, but he only has two out of the nine centers find. He only has his G center. So he's very confident and he only has his sacral everything else is open which means when he's in a group he's absorbing all of this energy he's highly empathetic he's highly sensitive so what actually happens in that when in that group in school in big groups he's basically buzzing and absorbing all of that energy from the group and he doesn't know what to do with it so he's just kind of like an explosion of like nervous energy he's like literally buzzing so as soon as I saw that I was like oh okay, that makes so much sense so now we've orchestrated things mm-hmm. so that when there is a party or a group thing because he would always have like the next day it's almost like the best way I can describe it he used to have a hangover like a birthday party hangover and I call it an energy hangover now so he now we need to orchestrate things where he has time to kind of decompress and just release since then uh, uh, we've had diagnoses of autism so yes that adds in an added thing but actually That hasn't made a huge difference to how we do things. The human design thing has had more of an impact because we can manage his energy. So he knows he can absorb emotional energy. So he has emotional outbursts. He needs to have meltdown moments. So we have a, I'm in my office. I keep looking over there because that's where he does it. Um, We have a bed where he can kind of come up, shut the door, scream, shout into the pillow. He's not doing any harm, but he's releasing that buildup Mm -hmm. of and uh, emotional energy, which may mm-hmm. have been absorbing all day
2: from being yeah. at school, things like that it's really interesting because it does make you think of your own your own children's behavior isn't it and i think I think it gives a um i don't want to use the word spectrum because i'm <laughs> i know the connotation right yeah. it gives you as a parent a wider spectrum in that sense of the word um because I think if you're going at it through an educational mm. um viewpoint it's it's asd or adhd are the yes. most common and it it but actually that is in itself just such a huge area and, and with so many different potential behaviors and isn't it really um and he he
1: understands so i i mean he's 12 he's nearly 13 so we've gone through his chart a couple of times um and he has he's had a couple of existential crises because he can catastrophize massively which is part of the asd but Mm. using his chart as like something to anchor onto has been massively useful and we've kind of calmed things down he understands himself so much better Mm. Um, we've had compliments from his teachers from his peers actually he's so much more emotionally intelligent than a lot of adults now Mm. Because we've been able to kind of work with him on that.
0: It reminds me of my eldest because he's he's similar in some ways. I I always think that he's quite emotionally intelligent and he can only tolerate so much noise yeah. um, and just busyness. Yeah. And he has to have his, his wind down time and his time out. And he's very good at reading a room. He'll pick stuff up. You know but but not always verbalize that he'll just pick it up like you say maybe just it all comes in at once um and you know i often look at children that i've got so many different friends and you know from my own experiences because lewis has been through tests is he is he on the autistic spectrum is he dyslexic has he got dyspraxia there's all the all these things have been looked at but I think that sometimes we're funnel necked, aren't we, down one particular route yeah. and we're told this is the way to deal with it. And I think what's really valuable in what you're explaining is there are other ways to look at it and yeah. understand your child and uh, give your child that space to understand themselves that arguably, controversially, maybe better yeah. <laughs> than some of the other alternatives that's yeah. being offered. Because, you know, I look at, I've got another friend whose who's, um, son has been diagnosed with autism and I just get these, I get like these insights about him, these downloads about him and I can, it's so interesting when you're talking about being open because I can just see him open yeah. energetically. I can look at his, aura and he's just wide open mm. and this creative energy that he has is insane and I can see it flying around him and he doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. So that was really interesting when you talked about those nine centers and how mm. in in obviously your son's case only two of them you know because is that unusual then would you say is for well so for the high energy types yeah yeah um,
1: so the higher energy types are the generators and mani gens so my middle son is a mani right. gen and he has a lot of definition in his chart and it's really funny because he's really quiet I right? in general he's 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 also on the autistic spectrum but he's not quite so extroverted as my youngest uh, my elder son um now he was really challenging as a toddler and now we understand why again because of his chart and I was like, it's it's so funny because it's like he's got his way now he has a defined heart center which is the little triangle on the as you're looking at it on the right hand side of the chart now, it's statistically quite rare to have that. And what that theme, energetic theme of that is that it's willpower. <laughs> it's drive determination. Now, when he decides that he's going to do something, there is no diverting that one whatsoever.
2: I've now, got one not- like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's, it's hard. <laughs> and what we've had to kind of do, because he's got that manifester part of him, also which is also like basically they initiate things and they just take action they don't care if you're with them or not so (laughs) he'd be the child who's like oh I'm gonna that looks like a good idea I'm gonna do this and we've had to kind of I've had to change they don't like being told no I mean no child likes being told no but many gens and manifestors are worse than any of the children in that sense But you don't want to suppress their creativity and their inspiration because that's actually what they bring to the world. So that's their gift. So how do you harness that? Well, okay, it's about giving them choices, choices that you're acceptable with and getting them to inform you. Like what is it that you're trying to achieve? Okay, well, these are your options within that parameter. So it's kind of teaching them if they share with you what it is that they want to do, You can kind of help them facilitate it happening in a safe way, obviously, when they're children. Hopefully then when they're adults, they will kind of learn that actually, if I just keep it all to myself, then people are just going to tell me no. You'll win more people over if they can keep them informed. And that is their strategy for a manifesto is to keep people informed around them. And then they'll notice
2: things opening up for them so that
1: they can then initiate and take action.
2: I'm nodding away because obviously I've got manifester and man- can you manifesting generator. <laughs> yes, I can. And the no thing—I mean, uh, yeah—the no thing is is huge yeah. in our house. And I, I, I'm. It's so helpful what you're saying because I have start. We have started to try and do that and try and unpick what is behind this that you want to do
0: and you know and and, and the willpower
2: and the impulsiveness you know uh, uh, particularly my eldest but uh, he uh, that was more when he was younger but we do try now and say look you know and also I've um and also I've taught him about improvising so you can't always do the exact you may not have the exact tools for the exact thing that you exactly want, but let's improvise and let's start making the best of this situation, you know, and trying to get a bit of fluidity into that very sort of um, focused, you know, (laughs) uh, thing. But I love, I love what you're saying about, yes, trying to get them to share what, what is there, (laughs) what are they hoping to achieve? And then you can, Yes, well you can do it this way or you can do it that way.
0: <laughs> I think and be
2: safe be safe.
0: Yeah, yeah, because when I when I was little, I didn't I I shut down as a default because that wasn't really an option for me. Mm. And I noticed as I got older this I want in my head and in my body, I wanted to share, I wanted to be open and talk about things, but my conditioning almost made me yes. so that I couldn't. And I mm. that caused me, I cannot tell you. <laughs> how many issues that caused me Yeah, because I was in conflict talking to you now, obviously understanding what you're saying. I was in conflict with what was probably a natural organic thing for me to do. I was consistently in in conflict with that, Mm. which. And that's one of the
1: things that I have, I've had a lot of sessions. Like I remember um, a couple of years ago, I did a chart reading actually for a friend um, and she was like, She she came to me a couple of weeks later after sort of processing and sort of absorbing it. She's like, Do you know what? Should I've been in therapy and counselling for years about certain things, nothing has kind of transformed how I think about myself and how I can accept myself than that 90-minute session with you. Mm, that's I amazing. mean, that was massive for me. Yeah. It's all about that self-acceptance piece. And when we can accept who... Like there are bits about ourselves that, yeah, we probably try and conceal. We'd probably try and kind of, oh, you know, that's not very socially acceptable. So maybe I shouldn't do that. And we listen to that conditioning. Like it's well-meaning parents. I mean, society's changed a lot. Um, Cultural things have changed. I do feel that we're in a much more, and it's still opening up. You said, um, I think people are more self-aware mm. gradually. Yeah. I think there's still a long way to go. Um, I find it fascinating just in general how a lot of these old wisdoms, these esoteric things, like you're seeing them more in the mainstream now. I think people yeah. are being more open and it's it's almost frustrating because it's like I was that part of stuff was closed down for me, like when Ooh. I was younger. And it's like, yeah. oh, it's always been there. But it's like the science is now coming in to mm. actually prove the things that we've always known we just kind of dismissed or forgot about.
2: Yeah, there's definitely a coming together, isn't there? There's definitely a, a joining of of different different bits of wisdom yes. that seems to be happening, a consolidation and,
0: and catching like, up, aren't yeah, uh, and quantum's, yeah. Quantum's made leaps and bounds with that, particularly with energy workers, because you know, they've known all of this. And then the quantum <laughs> the scientists that are studying quantum have gone, Oh yeah, you oh. do <laughs> have um, a bioenergy field around you. Like yeah. That. Yeah, we we kind of figured that. <laughs> yeah. it's, you know so it's, it, we're getting that bridge is yeah. there and it's it's yeah. getting better but I I don't know what you your thoughts are Sarah but or, or Sibby but I often I look at children now and I think they are in terms of evolving they are more naturally gifted they're more aware they're more sensitive they have what people may class as psychic gifts but I just see it as a humans evolving. certain abilities but because we've had this conditioning because we've come very much from the left brain you must rationalize and use logic particularly through education where the sort of the creative roots not fully expressed you know particularly in secondary school I remember I went to secondary school and I was doing some well-being workshops and one of the teaching assistants said oh they'll like your activity because it's creative we try and knock that out of them by the end of year seven. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. No, don't. Do so, do, so do you know what? I mean, I, I was a
1: teacher, I taught for five years, and I taught a creative subject. I taught DT. Yes. So it's got practicality and and one of my biggest challenges, right? By because I did the GCSE and A level, was just trying to get them to loosen up and let that creativity yeah. kind of flow, yeah. like there is no such thing as a wrong idea. Doesn't have to be drawn perfectly. So I used to do all of these activities, and you'll probably be familiar with drawing with your non-dominant hand, drawing blindfolded, just like messing around, just to kind of, that would be our first activities. And they all thought I was completely bonkers. But then we did all of that to get all of the like like loosen up, and then they'd do the actual work. Yeah. The quality of their work was so much better. Yeah. But you
0: have to almost unteach them. Yeah. yeah. I think that you you were quite unique as a teacher because I, do you know this, I love teachers. I've got friends that are teachers and I think that there are certain teachers that actually get children through life where they'll always look back and say, oh, I had this amazing teacher for English or DT or whatever. And, you know, they, they're phenomenal, but I think that the pressures that they have to deliver the curriculum and the way in which it's modeled sometimes it can feel very and this is where lewis comes undone because he can't learn in the way that they're presenting it that's why that's why i left yeah it's yeah, just it's very yeah, yeah absolutely but i think that it's because children that are, that are younger that are coming into the world and they kind of just know things they'll just you know they'll just know things they're just so in a different way have a different type of intelligence but because that we've been lacking in some of this Eastern, you know, esoteric knowledge that's kind of has graduated over to the West. It's almost like it doesn't match. So they kind of feel like they're a misfit. But I do think that we're getting, like you say, we're getting better at that. Well, I see that as part
1: of my kind of bigger mission, really. I've, you know, don't get me wrong, having three autistic sons is very challenging. Yeah. However, I do believe that I've been gifted them for a reason. And yeah. you know, every day, I mean, if you sat around on dinner table and listened to our conversations, <laughs> they're so bizarre. Yeah. But we love them. Um because they think things differently and we encourage them to question. I mean, yeah, right right, we've probably made our lives harder as a parent. <laughs> but Yeah, I um, know what you mean. <laughs> we want them to be curious I don't want to I don't want my boys to Mm. be drones and just the people that just kind of sit there and don't do anything Like I had a we had a lovely coach. she actually made me cry multiple times at the school where they're at now and she said to me she said look I know it's hard and your boys are challenging, but they're so interesting and fascinating and creative. And they are the people that are going to help our human race survive. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of just brought up so much. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. Oh. When you feel yeah. like they're actually truly seen. And yes, it's hard, but that's what keeps me going. Mm. Um, And the, like I said, the human design aspect. I mean, I haven't talked about my youngest son, who is a projector. I mean, he's hilarious he's a projector in its truest sense he's six but he does get exhausted so he's constantly like oh do I have to go to school again <laughs> I went yesterday like, yeah I know the the kind of system doesn't really work for you he sometimes has a nap after afternoon nap which I've let go of now because sometimes he just needs it and he will still go to sleep so I You know, ignore that. Oh, he's not going to sleep, but he does. He'll sleep for 12 hours straight, no problem. And he has this air about him, like projectors are here to rule the world, essentially.
2: Love that. I'm not going to tell Clint that. Oh, no. That'll (laughs) that'll
1: backfire, Sibby. Projectors have have this aura about them that is just insanely wise. Like they intuitively know. Who should be doing what Mm. in what way? And they can get a bit frustrated when people don't listen to them. Now, (laughs) seeing that in the body of a six year old doesn't necessarily go well with his brothers, who, especially the middle one who's the manager and who's got his own intent. So they can quite often clash. Mm. But even just understanding that about themselves, sometimes we just need to give them a little bit of space. Yeah. And I have to mediate a little bit. It's like, okay, what is it that you want to do? And what does that you need to do? Okay, let's see if we can kind of honor both of you in a way that kind of meets. Um but it and he he's so I try not to use the word bossy, but he's very um he can be quite intense, which is what projectors are like. They focus on you on a one-to-one basis. Mm. They will um so when he's directing his auric energy at me it can be like it's all me nobody else can do anything for him um it's all directed at me so i now i used to think that that was really needy before i read about his and he just is basically he wants recognition he Mm. wants you to go harry that's amazing well done like i'm super proud of you what can you do and now just even facilitating that giving him the recognition when he kind of needs it he will then just go off and he's become more independent his confidence is brimming he's then more confident to kind of go off and share his wisdom share his knowledge um and just seeing him kind of grow is been amazing just in somebody so small
2: yeah it really does sound like a a gateway to self-awareness doesn't it for for children as well so important. Can you relate
0: to to that with uh, with Clint?
2: Well, one thing I could relate to with Clint was um, there was something about projectors wanting to solve problems. Yeah, and they know the answers to everything. We clash because I want him to listen mm-hmm. to what I'm saying. Just, I just need to blur but he wants to solve the problem. He so into and then mode. I go, I don't need you to solve the problem. I just want you to listen. So we have this funny <laughs> dynamic where he, I can see he's like thinking, I don't know if I should say anything. Does she just want me to listen? <laughs> and oh, then I, I say, but I'll ask you, if I want advice, I'll yes. ask you. That's kind of how we've <laughs>
0: handled it. Yeah, that's how you
1: So it. a quick question for you based on what you're saying. Does he have a defined... Uh the top two triangles are they colored in on his I child? don't
2: know I'll have to check I'll have to look. I, I'll, right I'll I'll check
1: yeah because me and my husband have a very similar dynamic um he's a generator as well so we're both generators but he is defined in his crown and his ajna center which is basically he has quite a fixed way of receiving ideas right it inspiration but also a fixed way of processing information so right. he is the consummate problem solver like he's got this system and process yeah because so I am open in both of these so what he does is it exerts mental pressure on me and my defined g center needs to talk to process information so we yeah. have the I need to just talk it through I don't need you to give me an answer I
2: just need <laughs> to talk
0: because it's that relates yeah talking because
1: you
2: know you'll reach the answer yourself that's kind of my thing is (laughs) I know I'll reach the answer because I have to bring in my instincts as well yes and obviously now I know my sacral. you know I've always probably known that but according to human design my sacral chakra so um I'm it's a similar dynamic it sounds it sounds like I'll check out his uh
1: well, because we've talked about the children, but it's funny how that kind of dynamic. My husband used to get really frustrated with me. He probably still does, but now he keeps it to himself. <laughs> but I will caveat it, it. was like, I just need to talk at you. Yeah. I don't need any answers.
0: Yeah, oh. I do that too now. And it mm. kind of seems to work. <laughs> <It works. laughs> and the other thing I've got, I've got a couple of friends that um, are projectors. And one of them um, is actually... Mary Rita, who we had on. Yeah. Um, she was saying because she was exploring that through um, setting up her business and how that might look. And she was saying that she's found that she's better working when it's coming through an invite. Yes. To work with rather yeah. than something that she kind of offers off the bat, which I thought was another really interesting mm. insight.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people, and this is one of the biggest challenges, I've had a few projector clients, because in the old traditional human design language, it says, well, you need to wait for the invitation. Now, some people can misinterpret that and go, well, I just need to sit around and wait. No, because you still need to actually be open to receiving the invitations. And how are you going to receive invitations if nobody knows what you're about? Mm, Yeah. projectors do really well with niching they're probably one of the few human design types and in the business world we're always told to niche and get really clear on who you're at. and yes there is a place for that but projectors are experts they are seen as experts so if you've got a particular expertise and you're a projector talk about it yeah Share about that's it. what she does yeah and, stick she to does. That. and that then allows people to find you and then they will invite you in mm yeah it's interesting interesting.
0: isn't it if you kind of you can use it in so many ways because we've talked about how you can use it with partners how you can use it with children how you can use it in business yeah it's it's really interesting when I when I was looking at um mine they have numbers afterwards like a four over six or a six over two what's that so that is your
1: profile and this is probably the closest bit that comes to a personality type I suppose Right Um, Now they are made up of the hexagrams of the Chinese I ching So within each gate, each gate is made up of six lines within that. And they're kind of um, evolutionary. That's the best way I can sort of describe it. So if you had, say, for example, gate 45 defined, there would be like a decimal point afterwards. So if you're a line one, it's very foundational and Mm -hmm. it kind of it's very curious very investigatory um researcher kind of then you go to line two which is where something comes quite naturally to you and you will express that energy through a line two um line three line four line five all the way to line six which is like where you're role modeling you're seen as kind of the ultimate um wisdom level so it kind of goes up through now your profile is made up of your conscious and unconscious sun which if you look at your chart is the circumpunct symbol at the top right we always start with the conscious first so my profile is a three five profile um and I mean that was mind-blowing to me because I've always thought of myself as being a bit flaky because I tend to I like new things like if there's 10 ways of doing one particular task I will have tried all of them <laughs> just to figure out what it is that works for me yeah and then I read about the line three and I was like oh so it's you learn through experience so right. it's an experiential learner I have to try all of the things regardless of what my line six husband says who says this is the right way to do it I can't <laughs> not I can't do that I still have to just play yeah and what so the line of the life of a line three profile is not that easy because, you know, if there's a challenge to be had or you're gonna get knocked down, then I would have done it. Um, so it's not always that easy. But what happens then through my line five is that I am here to kind of transform how we do things based on my life experiences. Mm. So it kind of makes sense that I've now mm. So what I do now,
0: because that's what I do. So that last one, the line five, is that the unconscious influence? Yeah. So I'm a six two. Yeah. So is the six the is that when I know how to do? Yeah, you just (laughs) know
2: everything basically. You're just the wise one,
0: (laughs) which you are.
2: (laughs) I'm married to a six two.
1: Six (laughs) twos and three fives are very compatible. Okay.
2: Because you describing a three five sounds very much like me. Yeah. I would, that say, I would say <laughs> <it's>
1: harmonious, <Yeah. laughs> very, very harmonious pairing. Um, because line sixes live like a line three for the first third of their life. Mm. Yeah, line sixes have a very kind of three distinct stages in their life. They're up until the age of 30, it's very experiential, they're kind of catapulted into lots of different experiences. The second stage, up to the age of 50 ish, is your kind of up on the roof stage, it's where you kind of recoup regather and almost do a lot of your kind of self-healing exploration into like Mm -hmm. based on your experiences and kind of healing from the trauma that you've been through and then once you're in your third stage that's when it's like the role model you're kind of role modeling based on your experiences and your wisdom and and so yeah you're the go-to so interesting Mm. Um, and what what was the two so the line two in Old human design language is known as the hermit. So oh, how interesting. They need a bit, and it's well, it's kind of, the line two is a bit of a conundrum in its own sense because the line two needs a, alone time mm. to kind of process and sort of decompress. But the more you kind of hide,
0: the more people will seek you out for your wisdom. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting. Mm. <laughs> so fascinating isn't it it's really fascinating I, I just I love anything where it gives you another route in yeah to do the self-discovery work which then in turn has so many rewards when it comes to understanding relationships and you know self-awareness it's yeah even what you're meant to be doing with your life as well I think <laughs> I, I think for all the parents listening Sarah you go- They'll probably be yeah, contacting you queuing up saying, um, so Do you do my family sons. ones? <laughs> can I yeah, have one yeah, for the family, please? A family, family package. Oh,
1: brilliant. Yeah, um, no, I, I have done one for our family because you can do, I can pull together like a penta chart for up to five people. Oh, wow. So within a family network, so you can look at the different energetics. And then I've also, obviously, because it's my family, I've done, I've gone further into connection charts with me and my boys and my husband and the boy uh, each of the boys just to see because there are different elements that we kind of activate in each other yeah um, so when ben needs some grounding and needs some kind of emotional support he can come to me my husband doesn't trigger that in him whereas when ben needs to process information and kind of work things out and needs a bit of logical he goes to my husband so we activate different things in each other's charts just by being in our kind of energetic aura
0: that's so interesting isn't it yeah yeah no I think I know that it's going to be a lot of parents listening to this and (laughs) um yeah that have that are struggling you know sometimes to use the the model that's being yeah put out there to understand what's you know how best to support their child basically Um, Well, we could carry on, couldn't we, for another hour, but we better stop. (laughs) Sarah, is there anything you want to um, mention that you're offering right now if people want to kind of work with you or find out more about what you do?
1: Yeah, so I do do chart readings, human design chart readings. They're 90 minute sessions. Um, And when you book a chart reading with me, I give you like a PDF report um, of everything that we talk about. So you can always go back to it. I also record the sessions and send you a recording because, well, I mean, in an hour, we've covered quite a lot, but you won't remember it. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, I do that. I can do and I've got um a higher price point where I because I'm a coach, I'm a qualified coach. So I use human design as a coaching tool mm. and I do have an offer that I can work with families over like a six month period mm. to kind of dig deep into the energetics of your family dynamics looking at the individuals within that family unit as well and we do like a coaching process
0: self-exploration around human design as well that's awesome amazing yeah and if and if people did want to just kind of find out a little bit more initially and they're brand new to it there's something on your website that you offer a free is so
1: on instagram I think in my bio and I need to put it on my website, but you can download your free Um, Mm charts. There is a link. um, I share it with you. Um, And if you sign up to my email list, I can then email you my human design guide. Um, I also have a masterclass that I did um, delivered last year, um, which was available. um, It's on my website, I think. I'm pretty sure it is but yeah. it's only 33 pounds and you get a human design workbook as well which um okay. so I've tried those are my kind of for people that want to explore a little bit more without like spending loads of money I want it to be accessible. yeah
0: there's some stuff there accessible yeah. brilliant thank you so much yeah. thank you Sarah that was just awesome and so many aha moments
2: yeah yeah lots to think about thank you yeah perfect thank you <laughs>